Welcome to the Unconventional Path, Entrepreneurship and Innovation Stories and Ideas. Hi, I'm Mike Wasserman. And I'm Bela Musitz. Hi, Bela. Today, we're excited to be joined by author Nathan Perez. Nathan co-wrote the 20-Minute Networking Meeting. It's a great book about networking, obviously, and it uh, lines up very nicely with his career path as an executive career and job search coach at Career Innovation, LLC. Nathan has a really interesting and diverse background. He's a formally trained actor with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Theater. Uh, and his 20-year career in arts and entertainment uh, dovetailed with some work he did in the corporate world in places like Goldman Sachs in New York City. I had a great conversation with Nathan, so let's jump right into the interview. Hello, listeners. Welcome to today's show. Today, I have a wonderful guest, Nathan Perez. He's an accomplished author who wrote the book, The 20-Minute Networking Meeting, Learn How to Network and Get a Job. Now, that's networking is certainly something we can all be better at, so I thought it would be great to have Nathan on the show uh, so he can share some of his uh, insights about it. So welcome to the show, Nathan. Thank you very much, Bela. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, great to have you here. So let me ask you my first question. So Nathan, when you're at a social event, uh, not a networking event, but a non-business-related social event, um, right. and maybe they're the same uh, in many ways, but anyway, anyway, uh, when you're at a non-business social event and someone comes up to you, you get introduced and they say to you, oh, very nice to meet you, Nathan. What do you do? How do you answer that question? Uh, it's a good question. Let me answer it a few different ways. So what I would say is, nice to meet you, uh, Bela. How's, how's the evening going? Or uh, have you been here for a while? Have you been talking to other people? Uh, what are we expecting today? Or how was your day? I would probably answer in a few different ways, just depending on the circumstances, to kind of get the conversation going a little beyond just, you know, nice to meet you too. But anything that I might bring up is going to be stuff that's relevant and easy to answer, right? Kind of a softball question to ask in return. Yeah. That opens up, that kind of allows the other person to open up and be able to answer something easy. And that just gets the conversation going. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great networking tip for sure, right? That's tip number one, I would imagine. Uh, so right. uh, what do you do sort of, like if, if I did ask you, okay, Nathan, what do you do? How do you answer that question? Uh, so what do I do? Well, the first thing, the first thing that just went through my mind when you asked me that question is what is he asking exactly? And the reason that I bring that up is sometimes someone will ask you a question that you need to be clarified. You can do this. People really care about um, being able to answer you specifically, right? So if you ask a specific question, you get a specific answer. If it otherwise, what happens is we kind of it's like a stab in the dark. What is this person asking me? And we do the best that we can. So the first thing that went through my mind was um, uh, to clarify what that question is. So I would say, Bella, do you uh, do you mean like for a living? What do I do for work? Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm an executive career and job search coach. I'm a professional speaker in the career career realm. Uh, I speak on all different topics in career, um, but I mostly work with um, job seekers. And uh, job seekers in this case, uh, mostly executives and senior executives, but because of my own personal and professional work experience, I work with just about everybody. What do you do? And that's how I would kind of return yeah. that in turn. Yeah, perfect. Very good. Uh, so how did you get into this, Nathan? How does one become what you do? 
<laughs> right, right, by accident. <laughs> um, and, and the truth is, is there are no accidents in the same way that when you meet one person and you have a discussion and you meet someone through them, and then the, you realize the whole thing is connected. But what happened with me is that um, my first career was actually in the arts as a professional actor and writer. And I was in the entertainment industry for, for 20 years. And um, along the way, as I was doing that, I had to have a second day job. Um, you have, might have heard that, you know, artists have to have another job in order to survive. And I was certainly one of those people. So along the way, um, I developed a professional and kind of business side of things. Um, I was a little different in the sense that I wasn't really great at food service. I would forget to put in orders and, and these kinds of things. So it became business. And as that rolled along, I ended up meeting more and more people in different kinds of businesses and industries, which took us up to um, 2012, when the first 20-minute networking meeting book was written, uh, I met my co-author. Um, all happened by way of networking, and uh, that was in the retained executive search industry. Um, if folks aren't familiar with that industry, it's firms like that that are hired by other companies to find new executive leadership for their own organization. Um, and my co-author, because she had been in that industry for quite some time, also used networking for everything. And so we decided to put our heads together around this particular topic and create the book, uh, which eventually turned into four different editions, just different readerships. Um, and it brings us all the way up to this point. Yeah. And, and I know the title of your book is, you know, the 20-minute networking meeting, learn to network, get a job. Yeah. As we were speaking uh, before we hit the record button, uh, networking is much broader than just getting a job. So it, it's, oh, it can sure. be many different aspects. So can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, well, networking is arguably the most important skill to have in all of business. There are many different purposes, there are many different outcomes, but everything that happens from the beginning of a meeting all the way to the end is really just about information. That's how we redefine what networking is. It's about obtaining information and exchanging information. Um, I think, you know, we, we kind of have, networking sort of has this negative connotation to it. And what we've done is we've sort of pinned behaviors to the word networking. So we can see networking as being slick and smooth or kind of greasy or salesy or dropping names, that sort of thing. But really, it's just information. So in other words, anytime you have a discussion, you are exchanging information. It could be formal, it could be about business development, entrepreneurship, or it could be like, you know, uh, hey, good morning, Bella. How's, you know, how's the morning been? How's the day been? Anything interesting happen in the day? And, you know, sort of that chit chat. But that chit chat is actually information. So that's really what it's all about mm. is just the information exchange. Did you see what I mean? Yeah. Did you see, see what I'm saying? So that got me thinking about this notion of, you know, oftentimes when you're in these situations, that encounter tends to be very superficial, sort of, yeah. sort of very, um, you know, like pleasantries, but sort of superficial, not very sincere. Um, how do you move beyond that? How do you get to that next level of turning it into a, a good conversation that, that shares some of that information? Yeah, that's a really great question. The short answer is be present of mind. Be right here in the conversation. So a good example is one I threw out a second ago. Uh, good morning. How are you? We say these things all the time. 
But if you just take a second and actually answer that question, you'll find that you're going to end up in a completely different discussion. We're all already expecting the standard responses. But if you were to say to me, Nathan, how's your morning been? I say, well, you know, it's been kind of crazy. A couple of meetings already this morning, ran into some traffic, got some good coffee, though. I'm, and now what I'm doing is I'm giving forth more information as well. So there are two things, right? There's two sides of the networking discussion. Those of us that are asking and hopefully being specific. And when we're not being asked specifically, we can actually give specific answers in response. Because those different things that I just gave you are all things that someone else can latch on to and keep the conversation rolling. Yes, yes, very good. Again, my mind is my mind is thinking through all these different various experiences of I've had, uh, some of right. some of which go better than others. So, yes. how 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 do you sort of approach the the encounter? I'll call it where where the person you're having this uh, networking session, this conversation with, is fundamentally giving you yes or no answers, right? One word, yes or no, or I don't know. How, how do you? Are there tips or techniques you can use to draw that out a little bit? Yes. It's actually something that I've said a couple of times now. Be specific in the question asking. So just using something basic, right? Uh, good morning. How are you? Well, okay. That, good, bad, right? Or good morning. Hey, when I spoke to you last time or when I saw you, you were doing X, Y, and Z. I saw you at the coffee shop. Uh, you know, something really specific. Or how, how have you been since the last time I spoke to you? I think the last thing you said was that you were about to take a trip. Um, something like that. But then that allows, again, it's a softball question, allows someone to be able to answer with more detail. So I hear what you're saying is that your question needs to be deeper, more specific, and more engaging. And if so, then you will get a more engaging response. You bet. Because when we're on the other side, we feel like we are being engaged. Someone didn't ask me a yes or no, good or bad kind of question. They asked me something specific. How's the morning since I, how's the morning been since I've seen you at the coffee shop? Well, there's a whole lot from the coffee shop to here. And now I actually going to have to answer it in return, um, which engages that person. But it's also it's also kind of a sense of obligation. If someone asked me something specific. Um, they're interested. I, I probably should give them something back. Yeah. Yeah. So are there are there sort of uh, rich areas to inquire about and, uh, you know, ones at certain topics or areas that are sort of more fruitful and in, in engaging good responses versus, you know, uh, questions that might be radioactive and, you know, don't go there. Don't go down that path. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, first, um, places not to go. Uh, things like religion or politics. You can imagine how that's going to go. And even sometimes when we're um, on the on the same page about things, sometimes there can be a left-hand turn where we thought we we're on the same page and then it could go somewhere else. And now you're a little bit a little bit stuck. But yes, there are there are wonderful questions and deeply engaging questions for every single person, but it's different from person to person, right? And it's also circumstantial. So if I'm talking, for, uh, for instance, to, to someone who's an entrepreneur, but they're more in a, um, a goods space, and then someone's in the tech space, uh, those are gonna be slightly different questions. But how do we develop those questions? That's key. And the way that you develop the questions is, well, you've had, you have done your research ahead of time on that person, maybe the work that they do, the organization that they work with. Then you'll be able to get uh, specific in terms of your question asking to get the specific um, answers and response. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Uh, is there, 
you know, sometimes I, I get into a, a conversation with somebody and uh, for whatever reason, I've had enough, <laughs> but they haven't. <laughs> so they yeah. want to keep engaging. So are right. there are there sort of uh, techniques or ways in which uh, I can gracefully exit that conversation? Yes, that's a great question. Here's the thing. It's not about what you say. It's about how you say it. Because for any reason that you need to actually go away, you can go away. So if you're at a social event, right? No, it doesn't matter what it is. And, and it's meant to be social and you're chatting with people. Well, a few different things can come up. Uh, I have an early morning tomorrow. I got to get up. Hey, this is a social event. I should probably go walk around and meet a few other people. Um, whatever it may be is legit. But, it's, uh, but what's important, though, is that it, you're kind of being honest and you're being authentic about what you say. Now, if you're just really over talking to that particular person, um, we just have to remember one thing. We're all people and we all want to be treated with respect and consideration. Um, so word choice does matter. You probably don't want to say, hey, listen, you know, I've had enough talking to you. I'm going to go get a drink. <laughs> that doesn't right. go as well. And it doesn't it doesn't keep the relationship alive in the same way. Yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> excellent point. Yeah, I've I've clearly stuck my foot in my mouth a few times, so uh, excellent <laughs> tips. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've I've been an educator for the last ten years or so, and, and a professor teaching in a business school. And other than maybe uh, having a, a guest speaker come in and talk about this topic, it's not something that we. There's no course in it, at least that I know right. of, right? I'm sure someplace there's a course in it, but at least at my institution there wasn't. Uh, is is that something? I mean, how do how do people learn this skill? Right. I mean, of course they can buy your book, uh, they can read that. Uh, but what are other ways in which people can develop or further develop, or even if they have read your book, you know, right? Sort of develop these skills and 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 move them uh, in, into a, a higher level of engagement. Right. Uh, it's very simple. Go out and have conversations. That's really it. It's just discussion. So if if we're defining networking as just the obtainment or the exchange of information, the more discussions you have, the more you're going to learn how to navigate any conversation. Because, you know, from person to person, it's a, it's different. And the conversation go left, it can go right, we can go into tangents, we can all these different things. But all of those things are going to continue to build your own skill set in terms of the communication. And And if we just realize that every discussion that we ever have which is uh, comprised of just information, well, then you've already knocked the biggest part of how to relate to someone right out of the way. So it's just talking to people. And it doesn't have to be anything formal. It doesn't have to be anything specific. You could be at the bank. You could be at the grocery store, at the park, at the children's soccer game, whatever it may be. But all those little kind of chit-chats that you have and they kind of keep growing, just keep doing that. And like I said, when, we are, when we're in a discussion, and if you happen to be across from someone who is, um, who's not quite as forthcoming with things, when we give forward a little bit more information, I said this earlier, that allows other people to kind of latch on and that will keep going. So that's like another tip inside of the tip. You just have discussions and then offer a little bit more information to other people so that they can kind of come back to you. And that, to be honest with you, is exactly how I got here. Uh, that is all the information that's in the book and just simplifying the mysteries around networking. It's just discussions. And this networking meeting thing is just like more of a formal discussion. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, um, as a as a business school professor, uh, for two years, I did have an assignment for my students, and and that assignment was uh, this was in an entrepreneurship course uh, to go out uh-huh. to a networking event. You right. Know, and and in, in this region where I live, there's lots of. Uh, whether it be the Chamber of Commerce or other economic development, there's all sorts of, almost every night you can go to some type of an event. Go to right. an event and come back with at least three business cards and a description of what your conversation was about. So not just the business card, right? But yes. sort of a conversation. Right. And and so then after, you know, like at week seven of the class, I'd say that assignment's due. And then we'd go round robin the class and people would share, hey, I went to these two events. Here's the business cards. And yeah. here's something about this person. Here's something about that person. And and I felt really good about it. I said, hey, you know, we're we're developing some of these skills. And then at the end of my class, I, I always do a listing of tell me the things you like the most about this class and tell me the things you like the least about it. And for two years in a row, this thing came up. They liked it the least huh. on like 90. It was like always there was like one or two students that loved it, but the other students yeah. really didn't like it. So I stopped doing it. And and so my, mm-hmm. my point is that it's it's oftentimes a challenging thing to do because you have to put yourself out there. Right. I have to go right. into an uncomfortable space. I have yeah. to I have to put myself out there. And so what are some techniques or, or hints that that you can give to an individual to say, here's some things to help you kind of break through that barrier and, and let yourself be a little more open? Right. Uh, that's a really good question. Let's start by saying this. I me right. Uh, so I've mentioned I've got 20 years in the arts as a professional actor and writer. I've done film and television and stage and musicals and commercials, all these things. Um, but as it turns out, I'm actually an introvert. And I am a hardwired introvert. And so uh, when I answer this question, I'm speaking to anybody who else, you know, might might be an introvert as well. Um, it is just, I, I've said this already, but it's really about changing your own mindset. This is a discussion, only a discussion that you're having. But here's a different way of looking at it. Let's just say that you went to a, a social event and you're thinking, oh man, now I gotta go out there. I gotta collect a couple of business cards. I have to have these discussions. How am I gonna do this? What am I gonna say? Well, the thing is, is that you're not the only person thinking and feeling this way. The whole room, to a certain extent, has that same sort of feeling. And if you've ever had a moment where someone came to talk to you first, and if you've ever had a moment when it happens, you're like, oh, relief, someone's talking to me. If you can just, again, mindset, if you can keep in mind that other people are kind of feeling the same way, then you're all in the same boat. So it's not so much about tips and tricks and try this and try that. There, the tips and tricks can work. But what's, what's really going to take command of the meat or, or, or the approach for yourself is just changing your own mindset of how other people are feeling, too. They're just like you. And so take a chance and go talk to somebody. Go up, introduce yourself. Hey, Bela, how are you? Because, you know, usually you're wearing name tags, that sort of thing. You see your yeah. name. I'm Nathan. Nice to meet you. Um, have you been to this event before? Have you been here for a little while? Uh, who are you to this event? Do you know people that are involved? And, and just kind of get it rolling. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, actually, I was just going to backstep and make sure because I know there was there was kind of like a two-parter in that question. I just want to make sure I answered both <laughs> all of it. Well, I, I've uh, I've already forgotten the, the two parts of the question. <laughs> so you must have did a, you must have done a great job. So, but what what I was thinking about when you were saying that was 
So I'm not the only one who feels when I go to a, a, an event like this, I'm not the only one who feels like this is my first junior high school dance. <laughs> I, right. We all had that sure. feeling. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think you know, I'm 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 one of them, right? I, I've yeah. been doing this profession practically my entire adult life. But here's the thing: when I go to a social uh, event, I am not someone who who goes and meets a whole bunch of people. I don't work a room. Um, there's it's different for me. I feel like I want more of a connection. And someone who goes and works a room and collects a lot of business cards and tosses them out, right? That okay, well now you've gone away making lots of contacts. But relationship building is very, very important in the way that we're talking about it. And there's a significant difference between making contacts and making connections. Excellent. Point. Okay. And we're talking about making connections. So for me, um, if it's a three-hour event and I'm going to stay for all three hours, I might talk to a total of three or four people. There's some, you know, little chit chats here and there. Hey, good to see you too. How have things been? It'll last like one, two minutes tops and you move on. But um, more time is invested in just a few different people. Um because the more familiarity there is between people, the deeper that connection becomes and both sides feel it. And that kind of locks down what that relationship is even before you leave the event. So um, don't worry for those of you out there. You don't you don't have to go work that room. It's just, you know, a, a few people. What are you going to get out of it? What information do you get out of it? Yes. So let me ask a follow up to that. So I do this. I, I have an engaging conversation with two or three people. Uh, What's my follow-up? Can you give me some tips and pointers on, okay, what's the next step? What, so I leave the event, right? I, I, I met two people, and I really want to connect with them. So what's the next step? Right. you got to get the contact information. You ask for a business sure. card. But the thing is is that you want to clarify right then and there that you want to be in touch again. So if we're at a social event, and you and I have just finished talking, I say, Bella, I really, in I really uh, enjoyed our discussion um, are you going to be here a little bit later? Maybe I, I got to go out and meet a few other people. Maybe I can circle back around and we can finish the discussion. And we say yes or no. But in either case, I say, just in case, do you happen to have a business card? Here is mine. Uh, and, and take one. So that way, just in case we can't reconnect tonight, I'll follow up with you again in a few days or at the beginning of next week. The point is, is you're being specific about either circling back around that evening or being in touch whenever it is that you say you're going to be in touch. And what that does is allow someone to feel like, okay, we've connected, we've made an agreement, this person's going to be in touch again. That way you don't walk away with just like a business card, right? And then, and then it's kind of up in the air from there. This is typically when we'll get a business card, but then when we reach out again, we might not get a response all the time. But if you've already established, even before you go to say goodbye, I'm going to be in touch again. And that other person says, great, or okay, I'll talk to you then. Now there's sort of a, a state of agreement yeah. that you're going to be in touch and that we're going to, we're going to get in, in, together again. Yeah. And, that, and that's probably also a great way to uh, evaluate how an engaging conversation you had. Sure. Right. Because if you get sure. if you get that positive response back to it, that means you were connecting on some level. Uh, you bet, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think also you know sometimes here's the thing: we're human. Okay, let's talk some reality here. There's sometimes people will say yes to be polite. Okay, but here's the thing: we can only do what we can do, and if you are being considerate, right, and you're being respectful. And you ask for that contact information and you and you get it and then you say, I'll be in touch again. And they say, OK, you've done your part 
And if you reach out again and you don't get a response, it doesn't necessarily mean that's on you. You do it again, but you have left an impression that you are being considerate and respectful. So the next time you do reach out, there's still a really good chance that that person who is just being polite to say yes will pick up again. Because usually when it comes to these kinds of interactions, and I think we would all agree with this, it feels awkward and weird and sometimes it doesn't go well. So when you're being respectful and considerate, that is going well. And someone is going to be much more likely to chat with you again. Yeah. And, and at, at what point do I say, uh, you know what, this person really doesn't want to talk to me. I should stop. Because, is, is, you know, there's some people who just keep going and going and going. And, yes. and how do how do are there some some guidelines or observations that, to help us say, you know what, if you've done this this number of times and you've been respectful and all the things and you're still yeah. not getting anywhere, you know what? Just back away, right? Yes. Okay. So if you're being specific in your question asking, right, which means that you're you're throwing those softball questions and you're getting the one word answers, you can go away. Um, or let's just say that the conversation seems to be winding down. We are all equipped to understand through body language, you know, crossed arms, crossed legs, um, looking other directions, not completely engaged here. Then you just wrap up the discussion and you go on. And it's very simple again, right? It's not about what you say. It's about how you say it. So if I notice that, Bella, you know, you and I have been talking two or three minutes, but I can see you're being distracted because maybe you saw someone come in and they're over my shoulder. All right, I pick up the cue, no problem. And I say, hey, so listen, Bella, I should probably go and talk to a few other people, hold out my hand, we shake hands, say it's really great talking to you. Um, if you might be here later on, uh, I'd love to circle back around and, and kind of pick up where we left off. And then it's everything that I just said, yes. right? Here's my business card just in case. Do you happen to have one? If not tonight, then in a few days or the beginning of next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what if I'm, I was thinking more of the follow-up? So I follow up with a phone call or an email and I get no response. I, so do I follow up one more time? Do I, I mean, how persistent are we in something like that? Uh, the persistence of two efforts, two efforts. It's, so you've, we've, we've had the in-person or we've talked the first discussion, then you follow up once, okay? And then after you follow up, then you get, you get one more shot. Now again, you know, it's not on you, but what you would do, and this is a tip, what you do is, especially by email, you forward the last email that you sent. And you say to the effect of, hey, Bella, just following up on the below. Because then that allows that person to, to remember, right, we've had a discussion once, we agreed that we were gonna talk again, and by the way, here's the trail to pick up on. So that usually kind of prompts people. Um, and that would be the second time around. After that, probably leave it alone. Um, Three times in, in something like this, when it comes to this human sort of uh, dynamic, this interaction, then it's pushing a little bit. But here's the thing, is that further down the line, like give it, a, give it a break. Could be a month later, could be two months later. And then you can circle back around again if you really wanna talk with that person and do the same thing that I just mentioned, which is forward the last email that you sent and say, hey, it's been a couple of months, right? Been a couple of months since we've been in touch. Just following up on the below, would love to connect with you again about X, Y, and Z. Being specific, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. 20 yeah. minutes of time. Uh, great mm -hmm. advice. Great advice. Uh, so, Nathan, you do coaching in this area too, right? So, you, you, you help people. Uh, yeah. What sort of, in your observation, what sort of people's biggest uh, fear or largest sort of thing they need to work on, right? What's the... What's your like number, you know, for most of your, most of your engagements, what's, 
Here's here's the thing that ninety percent of the folks need to work on. Um, well, this may sound a little maybe silly or or not obvious, but it's our confidence. Mm. It's our confidence that we can do this thing and that we can talk to people. Our fears around it are typically that people don't want to help. But here's the thing. Actually, by nature, most people do want to help. But what tends to be the deciding factor is time. Time tends to be the thing that um, uh, that tends to be the, it tends to be the thing that is not used efficiently or wisely. You know, and, and lots of promises are made. I just need uh, 20 or 30 minutes of your time. And the next thing you know, just like that, it's an hour. And no one's planning on an hour. And once you've had, and, and people listening may have had this experience where that's happened to them once, two, three times. Then after that, people shrug their shoulders and go, I just don't have time for this. I just can't do it. Yeah. So that's the fears around it. And then to change that again is just the confidence. Remember, this is just discussion. But to, to if you're going to have a more formal meeting, um, and this is where some mistakes come in, not having an agenda. An agenda is a plan of conversation and meetings go really, really wrong here. This is one of the time wasters and one of the things that goes wrong. Um, you will have done research on your person uh, and, and a plan of conversation. This much time, 20 minutes of time, a handful of questions, a total of five in the case of how we refer to it in the book. Uh, and um, and I guess I already said it, time, right? making sure that we kind of stay on time. And even though the book is called the 20-minute networking meeting, this is not a hard and fast rule. It can be longer. It can be shorter. It just depends on your circumstances. All you care about is being respectful of the time. If you get close to that 20-minute mark and that other person is still talking, that's okay. They're still talking, but we check in and we say, hey, Bella, I just want to make sure that um, it's okay that we continue going on. I want to be sensitive to your time. I promised you 20 minutes. Yeah. And then you kind of keep going from there. Yeah. So let's say I'm, a network, I'm at a networking event and uh, like the most important person in the room, however you want to characterize them, right? But everybody yeah. wants to talk to this person. Everybody yeah. wants access to this person. So how do I, how do I get myself in line, so to speak, right? And, and, and how do I, right? Because this person... Oftentimes, that person may feel like oh, everybody here just wants something from me. <laughs> everybody that's talking to me, right, wants something. And and right. so how do how do I sort of break through that? How do I sort of get in line? How do I sort of? Um, and this is maybe a dumb question as I think about it, but you know, how do I really be sincere, clear, and truthful, but at the same time sincere about? I do want something from you. You know, I, I'd love to work for your company or, you know, I'd like love to have you make a contribution to our not-for-profit or whatever it is, right? How do, how do I do that? Is there, you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, yeah. So so there's there's a couple of different things that you just said and they're, and they're pretty separate. One of them sounds a little bit like um, maybe a pitch, maybe an offering, maybe something that I'm really wanting out of this. The other part, this is the first part of what you were saying, is more about just relating to someone. So if you see someone across the room uh, and they're a Hollywood celebrity or it's a really well-known CEO from a very large company, remember, we've all got to remember, we're just human. And the only reason we might know them or recognize them is because they're right here in this context for us to be able to recognize. But if we're at the grocery store and we're all wearing sweats and our hair is all messed up, 
then we're just people. We don't know who anybody is. And so what it really comes down to is just being able to relate, mm. right? So if you're able just to relate to someone and talk to them about everyday stuff, then we become human and now we can just have a discussion. And when we relate like that, then we feel like there's already kind of a connection and titles and experiences, all that stuff is out the window. And we just remember that we had an interesting discussion about fishing, uh, about architecture, about the tie that I was wearing that night. And, and then that's really it. But as we be, grow comfortable with one another, now it kind of opens the opportunity to be able to discuss things about business or, you know, professionally and the things that you're looking for. Uh, you know, so what is it that you do, Nathan? Um, because maybe we've already talked about the fact that, you know, Bela, you're, you, you do radio and, and, and podcasting. Um, and now I can talk about my stuff. Yes. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, I'm focused in this space. I've been doing this for a few different years and I'm kind of looking to do this. And because we're thinking, right, there's overlap. There's overlap with the person that you're talking to, because this is why you wanted to talk to them was a little bit about your stuff, what you have in common in a professional way. And, and because now there's overlap, it opens the opportunity to give that quote pitch yeah. or whatever it is you're hoping to share. Yeah. Well, Nathan, this has been a fascinating conversation. I've, I really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, can thank you tell you our too. listeners uh, the title of your book one more time and where they can get it? Yes, it is called the 20-Minute Networking Meeting, Learn to Network, Get a Job. And by the way, it doesn't have to be just about job search. This will work for all kinds of networking. Um, and there are four different editions. There's one for executives. There's one for graduates or any who, anybody who goes back for their master's. There's one for veterans, and there's one for anybody who is not those people. Oh, wow. Very good. And I assume it's available on Amazon. Yeah, you can find it on Amazon, the Kindle app, iTunes. You can find the audiobook actually on my website, uh, and that is NathanAPerez.com. Great. Well, I will make sure all this information is in the show notes. Uh, Nathan, you've been a great guest. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you very much for being here. Oh, thank you, too, Bill. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Bela, you were right. Nathan was a really interesting guest. And this is a little bit off of our usual path of having kind of an entrepreneur, although authors and coaches are entrepreneurial. But networking is so important, not only for job seeking, but also for entrepreneurs. What struck you most about your conversation with Nathan? Yeah, I really enjoyed my conversation with him. Uh, and I think, you know, the importance of networking is, is multi, multifaceted. And it's extremely important in basically everything we do. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'm not real good at it. And when I go to an event, if I go to a so social event uh, or a business event, I have to force myself to go and engage with individuals. It's, you know, I feel like the awkward kid at the seventh grade junior high dance and uh, standing over in the corner. And I have to sort of tell myself, okay, go out there and, you know, shake someone's hand and make your introduction. And I think it's really, really important to do that. And again, it, I think to some people, or at least to some people, it appears to come naturally. Uh, but I know for me, I got to force myself to do it and I have to work on it. Um, now, the other thing that I think is really important is it's this notion of, you know, he gave a couple uh, key takeaways. One is try to exchange information, whether that's business cards or, you know, some other piece of, of information. I'll tell you one of the things I do when I get someone's business card, after we part ways, before I engage with somebody else on the back of that business card, I will write down a couple of things that we talked about 
because I'm going to forget them. If I talk to three or four people, I'll get them confused. So I will write that. I'll make a little note on the back of that person's business card to remind me later when I follow up, uh, if I'm going to follow up. Uh, so I'll have that information. And, you know, I don't discuss politics. I don't discuss religion. I try to, you know, get some pleasantries in, uh, but then engage in something that uh, we have uh, some common connection on or something that I, I when as I listen, I, I, I gleam a little bit of interest from that individual. So it takes some listening skills here. I think that's another real important piece of this is this notion of being of listening, uh, being present in that conversation uh, and engaging. And then from that, I think you'll have a genuine conversation and you'll and you'll get a few keepers that you can you can take away. Neat. Now, and Vela, I agree wholeheartedly that I'm an introvert, too. And my students are shocked when I tell them this because I stand up in front of hundreds of people every week, students, right, and teach. Uh, and there's something different. But put me into a room of new people and my social anxiety kicks in and I have a horrible feeling in my gut and I don't want to do it. But every time I go to these things and I meet people, I'm glad I did it. And it's weird. And I know this, like, rationally, but emotionally, I always have this yeah. intense feeling of unease or dis discomfort um before these things but I, I so i totally agree with you and it's funny you know all my i have a lot of friends that are engineers and engineers tend to be a little more like you introverted you know it reminds me of a joke that my friend tim told me a long time ago how you know how do you know that the, the engineer you're talking with is an extrovert and the answer is do you know this one I sure do. He's looking yeah, I, at your shoes, not his own. looking at my shoes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and I often feel like that. Like, it's just enough that I have to, can I look at this other people, person's shoes, right? And then, and then go from there. But once you get into it and you find, like you said, something in common and something that's kind of neutral to talk about, it just, it just opens right up. Yeah. Now, Mike, before, before you go into this next one, I, I just want, you mentioned teaching. And, and I think this is interesting because it reminded me of something about networking. It takes practice. I bet you the first time, I know the first time I stood up in front of a classroom to talk about something, I was freaking nervous and I was stumbling over my words and I was having, you know, an anxiety attack. But after I did it four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, I got more comfortable in it. And I think networking is the same thing. If it's, if it's something you do only once or twice a year, yes, of course, you're going to have a little anxiety about it. So you got to practice. You got to build up your skills, just like you and I have done in the classroom, because we've done it so many times. We're very comfortable standing up in front of that class and having that discussion. And I think networking is exactly the same. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Bela. But, you know, I also want to transfer this over to kind of the entrepreneurial world. And, you know, tell me a little bit about kind of from your, your VC days, your venture capital days, and put that hat on for a second. And do you see a connection between the success of new ventures and the ability of the founders of those new ventures to network successfully? Uh, clearly. Uh, and in the early days, meaning, you know, the first uh, several years before the company starts growing, the ability of the founders to do that is exceptionally important. Uh, why is that? Because, first of all, there's nobody, uh, nobody but the founders, and, and that's who the investors are investing in. So they got to have belief and connection in the founder's ability. And what, what skills do founders need, right? They need to connect to people. They need to be able to connect to their employees and the people they work with. They need to be able to connect to individuals they're raising capital from. They need to engage with those individuals. 
They need to engage with customers and potential customers, partners, suppliers, et cetera. And those are all networking and communication skills. It may not be in a big room filled with 150 other people, but you're doing this engaging and this networking one-on-one, -on -one, right? You, if you're walking down the sidewalk and you, and you run into somebody that you sort of know and you start engaging with them, that's networking. It may not be at a, an official networking event, but it's the same skill set. So these skills are really important for entrepreneurs uh, because it's, it's the foundation for how they interact and engage within their whole world. And I think as a, an investor, you know, there's got, there has to be at least one person in the business. So this is often why you have co-founders, right? You, you have the introvert tech person, uh, and I don't mean to stereotype here, but sometimes it, it, just the way it is. You have, you have one person who's sort of innovative or introverted, and, and, and they're doing certain aspects of the business. And then you have the other person that's much more comfortable in engaging with the outside world. Uh, but those skills have to be in that business someplace, whether it's in one person or whether it's in multiple people and, and divided, that's okay too. Yeah. And there are, there are people that are internal people and external people, uh, you know, and, and sometimes you can be great at both. I know people who are great at both, but I know like for me, I like to be an internal person. I like to kind of do the work on the inside of the organization and have other people go make the sales calls and pitch, you know, pitch the investors and things like this. But you have to have that mix of skill sets and, you know, occasionally there's people that can do both, but uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think people lean kind of one way or the other, and it's important to recognize that and to embrace that and to build around that. So yeah, that's my sense too. There's been a few, a little bit of research done on this, um, you know, but I think that it's kind of an underdeveloped topic when we're looking at the need to, you know, kind of some of the competencies that um, that successful business founders have, and I think this networking. <laughs> Uh, component to it is, is something that's really important. So I, I, you're, you really, uh, I think hit the nail right on the head. Let's go back to the teaching for a second too. Um, you know, I've seen you in front of the st of students kind of talk to them about the importance of networking. And I think, you know, watching you teach that stuff, um, several years ago really kind of raised my awareness that, yeah, I, we need to talk to younger people around this because they're so focused on their online connectivity that sometimes they struggle a little bit because they don't, haven't had a lot of practice, especially now with COVID re has reduced the opportunity for face-to-face -face kind of networking. Um, what kind of things do you think we should be teaching younger people uh, about how to network? Well, I, I think the good, the good news is that there are more and more books and, and uh, written about this topic. So as, as teachers, there, there's material we can draw upon and bring it into the classroom. And it, you know, we could, we could have, we could assign a chapter in a particular book, Nathan's book, right? There are things that we could do uh, and, and make a lecture out of something like that. Because I think in the past, in most classes, we don't do any of that stuff. So if, if we don't cover it, it doesn't get, it doesn't get communicated. Uh, the importance of it doesn't get communicated. So I, I think as, as teachers, we need to think about uh, in our various different classes, you know, incorporating some lecture, some material on it, number one. And number two, I think I mentioned this in my conversation with Nathan, is, is this notion of uh, in class, the students had an assignment to go to a networking event, any one of their choosing. But they had to go to, you know, a chamber uh, commerce meeting or, you know, an economic development meeting of some sort of networking meeting. And they had to bring back a story to class. 
of someone they met, someone they engaged with. And it was just a way of forcing them to get out there and sort of do that. And you could tell some people were, some students were very comfortable doing that, right? It was like, oh, oh great. <laughs> I'm going to go meet some people. And they really enjoyed it. And other people were really worried and they were nervous about it and stuff. But I think here again, we as teachers need to think about how do we give students that experience? And again, some of them, just like some students solve uh, calculus equations really easy and others have to work at it. Uh, and it takes them a lot more time. This is the same. This is a skill. It's a skill that you can develop and hone. So I think we have not done a good job at that, uh, at particularly in higher ed. And I think it's one that we sh we should embrace a little more because it is so important in not just the business world, but in our community. And I think that, you know, at least in my experience, Balan, maybe maybe you have a different um, uh, had different experiences, but. When I send my students out to interview experts or to observe customers or things like that or to get people to, to um, agree to be in a focus group or anything like that, I always try to frame that as, hey, these are also networking opportunities, right, when you're going out and doing this. And once they realize that, oh, yeah, I can do this because I found that much – it's very likely that a, when a student says, hey, I need some help with a project I'm working on from school, can I have 15 minutes of your time? Right to do a quick interview, or can I get you to give me some feedback on this product we've designed? That people are much more willing to give that time to students, and that makes that first experience maybe that first. And, and I frame it as this is your chance to network with them, so get to know them because this person might be interested in giving you an internship or a job, or might be an interesting client at some point, right, or something like that, or a supplier. So I've tried to kind of give a spoonful of sugar with the medicine, right? Because when yeah. the students are like, oh, I don't want, net I don't want to network, right? Well, it's like, hey. You need to find three experts or three customers or whatever and interview and introduce yourself and, and ask for what you need. And then I say, look, and you just network with them. You have their contact information. You know what's interesting and unique about them. You've established a rapport, right? Um, follow up, right? Send a thank you note. And if you're interested, you know, ask them if they have any, if they have any knowledge of where they, you know, job opportunities for internships or something like that. So right. I, I think that there's some ways that we can really get them doing networking, even without telling them it's networking, right? Even telling them that it's something else, but networking is part of it, you know? So I think there's right. some interesting ways that we can rethink this and weave it into what we teach people. Yeah. yeah so let me, let me relate a story. I, I learned this, I learned the whole networking lesson very, very early. So when I was in graduate school, I was involved. I was a student leader at RPI, where, where I went to undergrad and grad. And uh, because of that, I got invited to a trustee dinner, right? Student leaders and the trustees, as a lot of universities do. And I happened to sit next to at the round tables that we were sitting at, right? Through some random seat assignment process that I had nothing to do with. I happened to sit next to the, the person who ran General Electric's research division, a guy named Arthur Bika. Uh, and I sat next to him. And I didn't know who he was or anything. And so we engaged in some conversation, some networking. And, uh, you know, I got his business card. And we had a very nice conversation. So later, uh, like two, three days later, I wrote him a letter. This is back before emails. So I said, you know, it's very nice to meet you. I really appreciated the, you know, advice and counsel you gave me. You know, I've heard wonderful things about GE research. I'm graduating this June. You know, I'd love to have the opportunity to explore possibly working there. And I included my resume. 
Now I sent this personal letter to, to you know, to the vice president of research at General Electric. And, <clears throat> you know, like a month later, I got a phone call <laughs> about, hey, we'd like to have you come in for an interview. And that really taught me the value of that. And, and I, and, you know, later in life, I figured out how that actually works. Right. So that letter went to him. He then stamped it and said, received on a certain date. And it got forwarded to the head of HR. Now the head of HR gets this letter and says, Hmm, here's a letter from my boss or to my boss. And, and that HR person doesn't know the relationship that I have with, I have, or have do not have with Art Bika but they're going to assume that I have some kind of relationship. So it, it's going to get high priority. And, you know, sure enough, I ended up, that was my first job. I ended up getting a job there. I got a great interview and I got a job offer and I accepted it and I went to work there. But it's a great example of sort of networking. And as I reflect back on the 11 or 12 jobs I'd had in my life, all of them except one I got because I knew somebody through some networking and some person that made the introduction or whatever. And, you know, my very first job came that way. So I just can't overemphasize the importance of sort of the ability to do this and following up as well. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing that says that you wouldn't have gotten that job anyways, but it's true. And especially in today's era where, you know, you submit everything electronically and a, a human doesn't review a lot of things. If you can get use your network to get that job application so that somebody who has some authority says, oh, yeah, I'd like you to look at this person. Right. Because there's usually a system where you can kind of say, yeah, I like this person. And you That's get right. that person where an actual human looks at your at your resume. You've got a much higher likelihood now to get a, an interview. So that's where um, th that's where networking is really important. Let me let me ask you another question, Bela. Um, you know, I like I like how he framed networking for introverts. Right. Because you and I have both said we both have this streak in us. Right. Um, and this concept that he talked about between making a contact right which is the people that i've always admired that can work a room and get business cards from everybody in 45 minutes they can introduce themselves to 20 people have some kind nice words and and go i'm like oh i can never do that right no way but i like to i said you know if you just connect with three or four people at an event that you truly like oh yeah i could follow up with this person or have a cup of coffee with this person that's really cool and that's a way more attractive concept to me and then I thought his, his advice on following up, um, you know, I want to know more about that, about, you know, maybe, you know, in, in your experience, how do you follow up after meeting somebody at something like this? That's a good question. So what, what I typically do is uh, I, I try to be specific. And um, for example, I might write that person an email these days um, and say, hey, it was really nice to meet you the other night at the chamber event. And uh, I really enjoyed our conversation where we talked about economic development in the inner cities. Uh, you know, I'd love to learn a little bit more about that and the experience you have in that area. Could we possibly get together for breakfast or lunch? So I, I, that, that sentence or that paragraph I just said has a couple different key elements into it. One is, you know, reminding them who, who I am, <laughs> that, that we met the other night, because <laughs> that's important. Uh, number two, uh, talking about something we engaged in. And then number three, saying, asking them for help, right? I'm, I want to get more information from them. I want to I draw upon their expertise. 
And, and most of the times when you do that to someone, number one, not only are they complimented by it, but they're always willing to help. So I, I think it, it doesn't put the hackles up, right? It's sort of, or their defense mechanism doesn't fly up because I'm not really asking for them anything specific. I, I'm, let me rephrase that. I'm not asking them for a donation. I'm not asking them for a job interview. I'm not asking them for you know, something that they may or may not be comfortable doing. I'm asking them uh, to engage most likely in a topic that they enjoy discussing. Uh, and doing it over lunch or breakfast, I think, is a, is a nice venue to do that over. Uh, it's casual, uh, and it just lends itself to, to those types of things. So that's sort of the approach that I use. How about you, Mike? What do you do? Well, I'm bad at it. I like to use LinkedIn a lot, and maybe that's just a crutch, you know, but I like to look up the person on LinkedIn, and I always send them a note. I never just send a – I've never, I've never ever sent a, just a generic blank connection to anybody on LinkedIn. I've got a lot of – got a big network, but I'm always like – I do a lot of what you said is, you know, hey, Bela, um, we met the other night, and kind of like we did give them a prompt. Um, would love to connect electronically with you and, you know, kind of uh, keep in touch, right? But I agree that that specific ask would be really good. But I usually use LinkedIn with a personal note, right, when I make the connection. And I think it works okay because nobody's ever turned me down or ignored me when I've done that. Um, So, yeah, so I usually do that. Um, Yeah, I'm a big fan of grabbing a coffee together, but that obviously doesn't work so well in COVID anymore. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, I've done a lot of networking, I guess, follow-up now on, with Zoom meetings. And while obviously it's not as good, it works. And for me, being in Germany, it keeps allows me to keep connected with people in the U.S. and other parts of the world. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's a mixed bag. But I guess I do a lot. I do a lot with LinkedIn would be my number one source of trying to keep, keep connected with people. And then every now and then what I try to do is um, actually kind of, kind of pare things down a little bit. So in my mind, anyways, I have a primary kind of network list and a secondary and the people that, you know, I really um, value and enjoy that that connection, I really try to send a note once a year and just yeah. keep that up. So it's not just building your network. To me, I think the second part of this mm. is maintaining that network and yeah. just letting people know that you're still there and you still think about them and you care about them, right? And to me, that's this moving from a contact to a connection or a contact to a relationship. Um, and I have a a guy that I was a former, uh, that I did a startup with, he was, you know, literally religious about every year on your birthday, he would call you. That was his trigger. So he had everybody's birthdays and then he'd give you a call. And even if he didn't answer, he'd leave you a voicemail, right? Just say, Hey, you know, blah, 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 right? Just checking in. Hope you have a good birthday, whatever. And I'm not that efficient, but I do try to kind of make sure that my, what I kind of think of as my primary network, I, I once a year try to just send a quick note and catch up and it takes time, you know? Um, and, but, you know, I think, I think that's an important kind of thing. So I guess that's what I would, how I would add value to your answers. One, I, I tend to use electronic means. And two, I also try to nurture the network, not just do it once, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought this was a great topic with Nathan. Uh, I thought there was a lot of good information. I really enjoyed having him on the show. What do you say we wrap this one yeah. up, Mike? Let's wrap it up. So listeners, thanks for joining us once again today. And we hope that you found this episode interesting and thought-provoking. And as always, if you have questions about what we discussed or have suggestions about future guests or things you wish we did or we didn't do, let us know. Our email is bela.and.mike at gmail.com. And please do follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting application if you haven't already. So until next time, signing off from upstate New York. See you soon, Mike.
Thanks, Bela. Sounds great. It's been a pleasure to spend an hour with you, as always. Until next time, from Münster, Germany, auf Wiedersehen. <laughs>